how many other places do you know or other companies that you could just jump online and say, hey guys, I'm gonna be in Bangladesh tomorrow. And someone literally jumps on and says, come to my class, I'm taking your dinner and you've got a place to stay for three days. Love that. Like, what company? Yeah. They're not getting paid to do, and that's the culture that they've created. And I think it's, it's absolutely amazing. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. Yes, we have another episode of the Ricky Long Podcast, episode number 54, I believe, possibly 55. I'm doing this introduction kind of with no notes straight off the back of a fantastic, wasn't even, it was just a conversation which I recorded with somebody who I know from afar and I'm really, really glad I've got to find out more about him and it turns out we actually, we share a lot of the same opinions, the same outlook on things, um, with kind of similar journeys in many ways. Um, and this person I'm talking about is Jeremiah Evans. Jeremiah is an international fitness consultant and expert. Most of you listening to this will know him for his work that he has done with Les Mills as an international uh, video presenter. He's been on Grit, Pump, CX, Body Attack, and he's also, he, he was also part of the teams that put the programs together in their initial stages, thinking of uh, Grit and CX um, and Sprint. Uh, we're getting into a little bit of that in the episode. And right now, he's doing a lot of business development work for companies in the, in the States and programs in the States. Um, so yeah, great, great chat. We went on for about an hour, an hour and a half. Really, really fun episode. Really, really enjoyed this. And I'm looking forward to seeing Jeremiah in a couple of months when he's over in Scotland. A lot of you will know that his fiance, who he is getting married to next year, is from Scotland. And we're definitely going to catch up when the, the time is right. Apologies for the, the, the internet connection at the start of the podcast. We just had a few bandwidth problems on my end. They kind of worked themselves out about 10 minutes into the podcast. So just, just bear with that for now. And this episode, as always, sponsored by Podium for Sport, who are the podcast sponsors for the Ricky Long podcast. This is month number nine now in September. Um, Northern Ireland Sports Retailer of the Year last year in 2018. Right now, they're specialising in all the new Ulster rugby gear along with the new Reebok Nanos, which is over the last week, the Reebok Nanos have been all over their Instagram and social pages. So please do go and check them out. I'm going to stop chatting. I'm going to stick you on to the podcast with Jeremiah. I'm so excited to be chatting to Jeremiah Evans on the Ricky Long podcast. How are you, Jeremiah? I'm doing great. Yeah, good. This podcast, for those who are listening, this podcast has been rescheduled two or three times with, uh, first of all, it was me getting my times and dates mixed up because Jeremiah's on different time zones. Um, and then we had to reschedule it on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday of this week? We had to reschedule it again? Yeah, uh, it was actually last week um, because of the, the hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, so Jeremiah, talk, talk us through that and then I'll give you a proper introduction. So what, what's been happening with this hurricane? Tell people where you are in the world. Uh, <laughs> so um, I live in Orlando with, with Laura, and the hurricane was coming directly for the east side of Florida and the United States. It was a Category 3, then it became a 4, and then it became a 5, and it was the largest hurricane in history that's, that, that could have ever impacted the United States. Um, unfortunately, the Bahamas were devastated. Um, yeah. They decided to sit over the Bahamas at a Category 5 for about three days. Mm -hmm. So just before that happened, um, Orlando initiated um, temporary evacuations and curfews. And so we decided, well, we don't want to stick around because we could potentially get hit by this thing. 
So we went further west to the Gulf side, and we can be at the beach in an hour and a half. Um, either way, because we live right in the center of Florida. So we went to the west side and decided we'll camp out for a night or two. Well, we were there for four nights because the hurricane decided to stick around. And then all of a sudden, it just changed paths and went straight north. Um, and if you've been watching the news right now, it's um, it's really doing a lot of damage in the Carolinas. Um, so it's still at a large, even though it dissipated in terms of strength, it increased in size. Um, and so, yeah, that's four days, five days at the beach. And then I uh, decided to get back home because I had a flight that was booked Thursday to fly to Atlanta uh, for business and then drive over to see my family and then come to see my son, which is in Alabama, which is another time zone. So. <laughs> It's been a bit crazy. <laughs> oh, it, it just sounds nuts. Like this is one of the things we're going to chat about uh, on this. Is if you don't mind, it's just it, just like your travel and life, um, and you've just kind of touched onto it a little bit before. So um, I describe you as an international fitness trainer and presenter. You've worked with some of the the top companies in the world. Most people listening to this will recognize you for your your work with Les Mills. And mm-hmm. people will be very, very familiar with your your online training programs, um, which were I'd like to talk about a little bit later on. Um, so, you know, t- tell us a bit more about you. Tell us a bit more about your kind of fitness business and what it is you do. Um, currently, uh, so I'll leave Les Mills aside because I know you have questions surrounding that. Um, mm-hmm. But my business, I, I do have my own business. I've uh, I started this business nearly five years ago now um, as a segue out of uh, of traveling. <laughs> and that's not stopped. Um, you know, uh, because I'm, I'm 35 now and I looked at the long, the long end of the stick and said, you know, I need to create something and develop something that's um, trending and that people can recognize me from uh, an international perspective. So I developed an online program, which has been completely remodeled and revamped since the very beginning. I started with um, a blog, um, the original, back when we used to do blogs. Um, I had a website when people actually used to visit the website. Um, And (laughs) over the years, a lot of those things shut down because there was no traffic. Instagram decided to show up, and then all of a sudden, everything went to Instagram. Uh, Even my Facebook traffic just literally dwindled. So currently, a lot of the business comes through Instagram, although the platform is ran through Facebook, which is, um, there's two reasons behind that. One is I can access a larger market. Um, With the website, there's, as you probably know, there's legalities. There's lots of uh, firewall issues that you run into in terms of content. So a lot of the countries that I try to access, um, China, Taiwan, they were having problems having um, access to a lot of the material. And so I just didn't want to deal with it. I said, well, where's a platform that I could share all this material on? And it doesn't cost me a lot of money. So Facebook has been that, that tool. Um, so I have that business. And then outside of that, um, I can speak heavily around what I do with a new company I partnered with about a year ago, if you, if you want, later in the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, T- tell us more about it now, if, if you can. Um, so uh, it was just over a year ago, I want to say now it's been – What's it, June, July, August, September? So about 15 months ago, um, I decided to leave the United States um, Lesmos trainer team. Still a uh, Lesmos trainer, and I still do present for Lesmos at several different events in different countries. Um, but I stepped away from the trainer team because uh, it was time for me to focus more on my own business and something for the future. Um, I, was, I was chatting with... Um Michelle, I did a podcast with Michelle from Les Mills, Canada, and she was telling me about just how everything is kind of just the fitness industry in general is growing in both the, the States and Canada. Um, and we're starting to kind of get the tail end. We always joke in the UK that we are, I'm sure Laura's told you this, that we're five, six, seven years behind the rest of the world when it comes to like the overall industry. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I always joke, you know, We've only just got kettlebells. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is we have kettlebells in our programming. So, uh, 
And we're actually looking at the UK. That's a big, um, that's obviously a huge initiative for myself and Laura um, and, and our UK as well. Awesome. Well, maybe that's a conversation we should uh, continue offline. We should have. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see how much um, uh, I can help <laughs> you and with, uh, with all my contacts. <laughs> of course. Um, so the second thing I was going to talk, you've already mentioned it about your, your, your program that you do, your online. Is it okay for me to call it online personal training, online coaching with Evans Fit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so talk us through how how that works. So um, initially, originally, you could pop on the website, all the content, videos, everything was shared through the website. Um, there was, you know, and then of course I uploaded all of my blogs and writings, and this is actually when I had a bit more time on my hands. <laughs> but I was full time in the uh, LMI office out of San Francisco. I started that company. And um, I had a bit more time. Not at, I still traveled, but it was a bit more strategic. Um, and now, because of the use of Instagram and uh, you know Facebook, kind of just dwindled and not a lot of traffic to the website. So we put everything into different filters. So now the best email I will say this until the day that this is just completely gone. But the email list. If any of you guys are looking to grow your business, you've got to have your email list. You've got to have um, a way to access your users um, on a one-on-one. People still love that. Um, you know, I will say money uh, does have a huge, obviously, uh, budget is, is one thing that people look at, but as long as you can contact them. So where I'm going with this is having an access through email, a one-on-one. If you want to access programming, you need to contact me. Either go through my website, which has a link, or you can email me, which is always, in my opinion, those customers are going to keep coming back and refer more people uh, to you. So that's that's how I communicate with um, my users. I've, fortunately, over the five years that I've been running the business, I've been in over 30 countries. Um, you know, thousands of people that have, have done the programs. I've done everything from 30 to 60 to 90. And the 90-day program that I run is the most popular. Um, usually, I have about a 50 to 60 percent um, turnover. So those where those users will continue to do it again, a second, even a third time. I have some people that may listen to this that they've literally been with me since the beginning <laughs> because yeah. now they've created a lifestyle out of it. And, and we tweak what they need to do. And um, because the workouts are always fresh and always change, they love that. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's just something I want to pull out of that. Um, for any fitness professionals listening to this, because you've you've heard me say this so many times, the importance of email addresses. Because mm-hmm. I I firmly believe I said this in a podcast a couple of podcasts ago, and I think about three weeks ago now I said I firmly believe Facebook and Instagram, like the bubble will burst, and in two years, three years time, I don't think they'll exist anymore. Yes, there'll be other forms of social media, mm-hmm. and if you are collecting followers on Instagram, it doesn't matter whether you're collecting. 10,000, 30,000, 100,000, or 300, you've got to collect email addresses as well because people don't change their emails. And once they give you an email address, they have given you that. You know, all I own off you on Instagram is your at Jeremiah Evans, your at Ricky Law. And if Instagram shut down, that doesn't exist anymore. So you, you've got to get the email. So if you're a fitness person, when I open my business seminars, one of the first thing I say to everyone is, it's, I call it a non-negotiable, is download and start using MailChimp, which is a free uh, mail service. Um, I think it's free up to, to 10,000 emails a month or something like that, which you know you, most people will never use. So I, I just loved how you said that without any prompting. Well done. um yeah so evans tell us about the the sort of results and who you work with and what results you aim to get with evans fit i find that because of um you know the last 15 years that i've been in the industry and known globally group fitness has been a you know obviously what most people know me through so a lot of the users that I get over the years are from that. And also, Les Mills, currently, the, the next challenge that starts Monday, I have a few. I always have a few Les Mills trainers. I won't ever um, put them in the spotlight, but I've got a couple from all over, actually three Les Mills trainers on this, in this round. Um, but I get everything from the elites to I've never, I've never picked up a barbell. Um, I've never picked up a dumbbell. 
Um, and over the years, the program has shifted. Um, you know, when it first started, it was a lot more gym atmosphere. But I found that a lot more of the users, at least 30 to 40 percent of the users that were um, contacting me were either at home or traveling. Um, so I needed to design a program that fit for them and also fit for the ones who were the gym goers or could potentially do it on the go or at home. Um, so I, and now I think it opened me up to more people to, to be able to work with. It's primarily, it's heavy, uh, female heavy. Um, it doesn't shy away from men because the program, I, tr- I promise you, whether you're male or female, um, you're going to get great workouts. Um, and, and you're going to going to see results, not just through the training side. I teach them how to balance, and that, that sounds very cliche, um, <laughs> how to balance the training, the nutrition, and then their current lifestyle. That's a big problem, or not a problem, but an issue that most people have when they come to me is say, it could be, I'm doing five body pumps, three RPMs, I'm training for this, I really want to do your program. And I'm straightforward. You can ask any of my clients. I'm black and white with you. I will tell you this is how this is what you need to do in order to see these results. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would much rather say no. This is probably not best for you in this time. Maybe wait till another time, um, rather than take your money and then offer you something that you're not going to see results with. Um, but I've designed a program that I feel that anyone at any age and most fitness levels. Um, side tabling any injuries or anything like that that you could get results from because i'm not restricting you from eating certain types of foods because i might have someone that lives in a you know a a country or part of the world that they don't have access to those foods um i've run into those issues um so you you know not limiting what they have to eat rather giving them caloric targets um protein targets based on what type of um, muscle gain that they're looking for and then managing their lifestyle with uh, quarterly check-ins throughout the challenge, which is every two to four weeks. Awesome. Love it, love it. And it's, it's actually, I don't mind telling you this and, and the listeners. I remember when I kind of first came aware of, it was probably your Instagram and your Evans Fit challenges that I saw. And that was kind of my inspiration for a lot of the things I do on social media when it comes to the Jump 4.2. Um, okay. and it, it, they're very, the, hearing about yours you know it's very very similar and it's like you just you get these like-minded people who all have similar goals you you know and you just you you get them talking and then I kind of I sometimes tell people about you know at the end of your group fitness class whether it's body pump or boot camp or Zumba or whatever it might be and you're having the conversations I said imagine that conversation keeps going into your Facebook group in the Monday morning in the Monday afternoon and you're all talking about how you can help each other rather than, you know, having a piss and a whinge about what was going on in work, about what you didn't like, about what you heard in the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's when social media actually works. That's when social media becomes social. Um, I, I love the, the joke that social media is one of the most unsocial places in the world. <laughs> it's very true <laughs> unless unless you use it right and um I, I don't mind telling you i don't mind telling the listeners jump 4.2 was inspired from what i saw you do um how many countries well, did you say you're in you said you're in 30 countries oh man i haven't uh it, oh well over well over 30 countries um that i've um i wouldn't say i'm in those countries per challenge but worked with people in over 30 countries i'm gonna to have to work this out i'm gonna to have to get back to you i'm in, i'm in four <laughs> continents maybe five yeah. i'm in five continents now i don't know how many countries that is yet so i'm gonna to have to work this out right now. we will i'm, I'm put sure that in the show more, notes. Uh, yeah <laughs> um, you know it's uh, and there are some uh, unfortunately for those listeners who are on here that may think um, i've contacted jeremiah but unfortunately i've not been able to access Sometimes with those people in there, Saudi Arabia has been an issue. Mm. Um, that one just pops up on my mind um, from a payment perspective. Um, and so with those viewers, I literally will go through and I, uh, and this is, I'm putting myself on the line here, um, offer them uh, some free content. Mm. Uh, because I'd much rather keep someone, help someone the best that I can um, than turn them away. Um, but obviously you've got to hold standards. There is a standard that, that I'll, um, offer them 
because uh, you know once you do it for one, you get to do it for all. Yeah. Um, so there, there is, you know, but those people listening that may think, wow, I've, I've reached out, but I've not been able to have access, um, uh, you know, that's uh, unfortunately, those are certain barriers that we can't really overcome um, at this point, at least. So yeah. that's why I share as much free content as possible through my social media feed. Mm. And for, um, for, and we'll, for, for those listening who maybe haven't seen Jeremiah's, um, it's mainly your Instagram page that I see, like you post a lot of your workouts and like the, the guy is I'm 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 kinda I'm I'm half jealous, half inspired because he is in absolutely awesome shape. He is you know absolutely jacked, very, very low body fat and you can move, you can you can lift, you can jump. Um you've got all these really, really original I ideas when it comes to just little variations of exercises which yes they're like cool, they look sexy, but you can tell that they're effective and uh, you know you practice what you preach so you know at the very least if you can't for whatever reason admit, admit, not jeremiah if you for whatever reason can't follow one of the programs you can get a lot just from actually using social media and consuming the right things rather than just thumb rolling past because mm-hmm. there is and we all know there's a lot of bullshit in social media like i'm, I'm responsible for half of it um, but you, you know, you really, <laughs> you really do love it on your on your Instagram wall, and I and I absolutely love it. So, and this, you said you start on. I've done my research in this. It's teamevansfit at gmail dot com, and you start on Monday. That's correct. Yeah, that would be Monday, the 9th of September. So this podcast is actually going to go out probably today on the sixth of September. So if you're listening to this. And you fancy a bit of uh, EvansFit, the email is teamevansfit at gmail.com. You can have a chat with Jeremiah. How was that for a plug? No, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, my jump, this <laughs> all, all my jump 4.2 clients will be thinking, what the hell? maybe I should check that out. No, you're, you're contracted in, you're stuck, you're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> And, and just to wrap up that conversation, Ricky, before we move to the next question is, you know, the, the program was originally inspired by that because I looked at over the years of doing group fitness, it was always what what else can I do or what can I do to complement this? And not just from instructors, but also members. And so it was a constant pool of people. Um, and I would, you know, spend heaps amount of time. This is before Instagram really took off. Um, with people, coaching people through these things. You know, you spend 10, 15 minutes after class or you meet somebody before or you go to a lunch or um, you're constantly texting. And um, that's one of the original things that inspired me to do the program was to to reach out to those group fitness instructors to help them be able to do something. So it's nice to hear that it did inspire you. And that's what I want. there, There have been quite a few members that have also done the program. And have went off to do their own programming as well, um, who are growing just like yourself and, and doing great. And I think the more that we do that, because then you look up and, you know, 10 years from now, who knows, we may partner and do something. Oh, I'd love that. Um, you know. I love that. Oh, I might have inspired something I'm, there. I'm, I'm, thinking of the, I'm thinking of the name already. I'm thinking of clothing. I'm thinking of the website, uh, water bottles. We're going to have it all. Ne- never mind clients. Let's just, let's just buy shit. <laughs> you know, I laughed because you just did the triathlon. Yeah. Um, you're a triathlete. By the way, everyone listening, Ricky is a triathlete. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I bought this amazing bike. I spent way more money than, um, geez, like it, it, it's a very nice bike at the house to do. I was training for the half Ironman. Yeah. And uh, the travel this year with HIT just took me to a halt. I had to stop because I was peaking on my run, on my bike, and but I had not started to swim. And Laura, you know, she's a collegiate swimmer. She's on me every day. Mm-hmm. Get in the pool, get in the pool, get in the pool. And it was, I just knew in that moment, if I take on one more activity, it's going to, everything else is going to suffer. Oh, um, yeah. And so I had to put my, I had to put my training to a halt until next year. But it, um, if we lived closer, it would be nice to train together for that. So yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to doing my first one next year in 2020. So absolutely. Well, well, listen. I, the triathlon I did was a sprint triathlon, so it's the short distances. Okay. 
So it's yep. a 800 meter swim. It was a 20K bike and it was a 10K run. And like I, I decided on the Thursday I was going to go and do it. I borrowed a bike from a friend. Um, so the triathlon was on the Sunday. Borrowed the bike on Saturday afternoon. On Saturday night, I got on the bike and worked out how to use it. Because like I was expecting a sh- like a shitty little bike from like the local store. This was a proper triathlon bike. The speed mm-hmm. this bike picked up, I was mm-hmm. petrified. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm showing you this is terrible for the listeners. The, the brakes mm-hmm. weren't on the top. The brakes were down the bottom. Uh-huh. And I could work out how to put the gears up, but I couldn't work out how to put the gears down. Oh, I could not have looked like more of a dick that Saturday night trying to work <laughs> out how to get this bike working. Fast forward to the Sunday, the the swim. I was I was third out of the water out of 150 people. Wow! And on the bike, about 50 people overtook me because. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I didn't know whether I needed my legs fast with a light gear or heavy with a slow gear, you get what I mean. And, and then the run, I didn't even know if we could run 5k, it's that long since I've run. Um, but th- this is what I want to, I did it to kind of prove a point, not just to me, but to other people is that I think people put too much pressure on themselves to train to a certain level to reach a goal. Like I was not trying to win that triathlon. I was trying to finish that triathlon. That that was it. Like I knew I had the aerobic capacity to do it. It was just put one foot in front of the other, keep pushing down. The the swim was always going to be easy for me because that that's my background. Um, but it's people put pressure on themselves and to go even one step further. Tomorrow I'm doing my first marathon swim, so it's it's ten k and Loch Lomond. Um, have have you been to Loch Lomond when you've been over in Scotland? Um. I'm not sure. I don't think so. We actually talked about going to Loch Lomond because yeah. I feel like I've nearly seen the entire country except for the very top part. Um, yeah, but like Loch Lomond, um, beautiful part of the world. So it's a it's a 10k swim tomorrow, and it's likened to a marathon because the average runner for a marathon will be about four hours, four and a half hours. So a 10k swim is expected for four hours for the average swimmer. So so again, like I know there's going to be elite athletes in this because it's a big event. I'm going to take part. I'm not going to 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 win anything. And again, my message to other people is like, you don't step into a body pump class thinking I'm going to lift more weight than anyone else. I don't go to the gym thinking I'm going to bench press more than anyone else. It's, I'm, I'm going to compete. Right. I'm going to train. And it, it, it's the same. So if you want to do these events, do them. Don't don't be an idiot like me and don't do like do some training. <laughs> like I did no training for the traveling. But you know, go and enjoy the process and do something something you want to do. And so, sorry, I went off on a rant there just about because that's I'm, okay. I'm, okay. A, I'm a triathlete now, so uh, triathlete now I can do what I like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, w- I was actually want to mention about your event. I wasn't sure whether it was an Ironman or you said it's a half Ironman. Half Ironman. Yeah, um, yeah I was, uh, in a, and I won't make it a long conversation, but um, I was, I was training to get ready to do the sprint then the olympic and then go straight into the half which my coach says oh you just need to you know we're going to do the half but i know in a month after that we're going to take you down to cancun you're going to do the full um you know my my coach he's in his he's in his um 60 early 60 he didn't get into triathlons until i think he was 49 or 50 and he is a he's an animal and uh, he, you know, he saw the likes of me. I remember the first day he said, "Oh my God, look at those legs! You're, you're doing a triathlon." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I said, "Okay, well, all right." Well, uh, he's like, "No, seriously, you, you need you need to do one." And um, you know, biking. I've always loved the bike, and I know it. Uh, that'll be the last thing that, that goes because my legs that they're always going to be there. I believe. I hope. I pray. Um, it's just the swim. That's the one thing I need to get over in my mind is getting mm-hmm. in the water and, and doing the doing the, the time. So, yeah, do, do, just to chat about your legs, if for listeners, Jeremiah has the one of the best sets of legs you'll ever see on uh, on a meal. And I remember, <laughs> remember this. Um, Jeremiah does something similar to me. You do Instagram story Q and A, and somebody mm-hmm. once upon a time, this is a while ago, asked you the question what is it you do for your legs and your reply was i do 200 lunges more or less every gym session 
Yeah, so uh, for a year solid, I wanted to build bulletproof, bulletproof my legs. Because, I, you know, it was one of those things that people always ask, well, how did you build your legs like that? And I'm not trying to speak about myself, but I will say there is a small part of genetics that do play into, you know, not just the calves, but, you know, the quads, the hamstrings, our ability to pack on muscle in that part of our body. Obviously, you've got to do the work. You've got to eat the protein. You've got to train, recover. Um, you don't just wake up and there's muscle. So, um, so the work has been done. But I will say that there is a small part that genetics will play a role. And you know, I'm I'm not that tall. I'm only five foot nine, barely five foot ten. And so my in my legs is where I pack all my muscle. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to bulletproofing them, that's a whole other story. What I mean by that is I wanted to build them so the point where I had the endurance, I had the stamina, I had the strength, the power, um, that I could literally put myself in any type of event or situation. So I said, okay, every day I'm going to hit these lunges, and I'm going to lunge reverse and forward lunging um, for at least a half mile. Some days a mile um, I would go. And if I was feeling really good, I would just go for a full 30 minutes. Um, but I could knock out a mile in about 20 minutes. I did that for a year, and then uh, there were some massive, massive changes in the way that the separation, the feel, my strength in my legs. Um, and then uh, I recently started changing things, so I'll do at least a quarter mile to a half mile. Um, but I also will use the treadmill. Some people see that as a demon machine, but I actually love it because of all the variations I can do in a small space. Um, and I'll do incline walking, lateral, all, all different movements. Um, but yes, every gym session, there's a minimum of a quarter mile that I'll do on a day. Oh, you're that guy in the gym doing everything on the treadmill apart from what the treadmill's designed for? <laughs> exactly. <That's me>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun. I just thought, thought I'd bring that up. I wanted to find out, yeah, how, how true that was and what the process. I'm kind of thinking... Uh, maybe I'll do that. Maybe once all the swimming's on <laughs> over the next fortnight, maybe I'll do some London. We'll see. I'll tag you if I do. <laughs> um, so next up, uh, let's just quick chat about uh, Les Mills. It's what a lot of people who listen to this are going to relate to. Um, okay. So yeah, it, it chat us through Les Mills. How, how did it you know, start for you back in the day when you became an instructor and then you were on the trainer team? I remember seeing the, the trophy, the statue for a 10-year trophy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's fantastic. But but you know, before we get to that, how, how did it start for you? How did what was first for you in those <clears throat> Um I'll make a long story really short. Um, I was working at a high at a powerhouse gym in a little town called Rome, Georgia, where I was born and raised. And I was um, in high school. I think I was a junior in high school, uh, which would be next to last year. I know mm-hmm. in the UK they call it sixth or seventh year something around there oh listen so um, see what we call it in northern <laughs> ireland compared to what they call it in scotland i have no clue yeah. about the education system <laughs> so um i was working at a powerhouse gym and i'm at the front desk i wasn't a certified trainer yet um but i i love the likes of uh going into doing some pp and i'm you know 17 years of age 16 17 years of age the front desk all of a sudden at like nine ten after nine a group of ladies pops up to the front desk and says our instructor is not here so i'm looking around like oh geez so no one's there no managers just me i start flipping through the phone book through the rolodex (laughs) trying to find their number call the manager call the group x manager no answer no answer it's saturday morning so long story short, I go into this room and there's about 30 women, not a single male. There's the old school Billy Banks, Tybo kickboxing bags. They had all pulled out and they're all standing at one, ready to go. So I go over to the stereo and I just pull out a CD, put it in and I taught the class. Never oh. in my life. Now, I'll preface this with I've been a team captain for football, American football. And played many sports and led, you know, my companions and in the weight room and things like that. I started lifting at the age of 13. So I've been through those, you know, struggle and competition moments. And so I just took it as is and uh, taught the class. (laughs) Well, I thought it was an absolute crap shot, you know, shit show. Um, At the end, you know, they, they seemed to be okay. Tuesday afternoon, I get a phone call. It was the manager of the gym. 
Oh. And I was in school. I was in high school. He left me a message at my house because he didn't have a cell phone, right? Yeah. At this time, there's no smartphones. <laughs> so my grandmother, get, I get home, I, I call and he says, I need you to swing by the club. So I go by and I thought I was in trouble. And uh, maybe I'd run the money wrong or did something. Well, these ladies apparently had went to the club and requested that I come back and teach the class again. So fast track forward. I end up designing my own programming. I have still have to this day the book of CDs that I used to find Amazing. my music Amazing. and design my own choreography. Yeah. These were the days before Les Mills. And I started teaching kickboxing classes. I named my own classes. I was on the schedule. Um, that gym ended up shutting down. I moved on. Uh, Les Mills didn't come into my life until we fast track until I was in uni university. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I was about. 225 pounds. I was a bodybuilder at this point. I had competed in a couple of shows and I was on the incline bench press and I had a ridiculous amount of weight that I was lifting. I racked the bar, sit up, you know, you, then you do a set of 10 and you have to take a minute rest uh, because of all the muscle that you're packing on. And I was going to school for exercise phys. I feel a tap on my shoulder and it's my Quebec's manager that's in the club and there's a body pump class that's about to take place on a Saturday morning. Uh -huh. And I look over and I just, she had been at me from this, from the day I went to this club. Um, and I'm a, by this point, I'm a certified trainer. By the way, I got certified in that powerhouse gym as a trainer when I was 17. So I started then. And so I'm at uni. I've been a trainer for a couple of years. She taps me on the shoulder, invites me and I end up going in to do the class. She, because she challenged me. She says, I've been trying to get you to come do this for half a year now. Just come in, stay in the back, do the class. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Again, there's a, one, a room full of women. I'm, I've got this tiny hollow barbell. This is before <laughs> smart system. And, I'm, and I start, and I'll never forget. It was lunges. It was body pump 46, 47, somewhere around there. And I think my foot might have been on the bench. I hit complete failure by this point. I didn't finish a single track. I remember the warm up. She was like, and, and that's the warm up, right? And it's the horrible story that, you, that we talk about now, but it was me living it. Yeah. And I hit track seven and uh, I went to complete failure. I just slowly exited the room. I don't think I lifted a weight for like two to three days. I was so sore. And I went to her and I said, that was so humbling. Um, you know, I, I think that I could add this into my conditioning. You know, for my bodybuilding, mm -hmm. and uh, she had different a, a different idea for me. So three months later, I ended up going to a training. I got I got certified on body pump fifty. My my uh, track was back when they did the two weekends. You know. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and my track was celebration. Oof. Celebrate the time. <laughs> oh wow, wow! I have never I've never seen that. I have heard that one. Um, Wow. So, so that was uh, sure we should think that out of the archives and put that on an Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shortly after that, I joined a, a health club that I became a fitness manager at, and um, I got certified in RPM. Well, I went through RPM training, did not get certified because I never, I didn't want to do it. I absolutely hated it. And then Body Attack, and then you know I added several other programs since then, but. Um, that, that was how I got into, into Les Mills. And I'm fortunate that the company, you know, um, uh, gave me so much opportunity um, over the years. Uh, I'm not sure what other questions you have because I can't remember the list. That's um, right. So I don't want to answer things that you may going to ask. No, you just keep chatting. Um, you're, you're in flow. I'm, uh, I'm completely... I'm, I'm uh, so after that, uh, for two years as a body pump instructor, um, I got a phone call and they left a message and uh, I missed it, unfortunately. It was Megan Peterson and she was the body pump national training manager for the United States at this time. And this is back when Les Mills had five different agencies in the United States. Okay. And uh, it was, you know, they all paid royalties. Uh, we had the West Coast, Midwest, Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, Southeast. And I was in the Southeast living in, uh, going to uh going to um, a Gold's Gym as a fitness manager, teaching body pump. And I get a phone call and they wanted me to attend train a boot camp. And I thought, how did they find out about me? 
And at that time, it was a whole different process. My Group X manager had submitted my name along with some other people that you guys would probably recognize, like Shelly Barber um, and a few other people. Uh, Rachel Babaraki was on my on my training team. Yeah. Um, so we go out to Dallas, Texas and go through the training weekend. It was several days of running in the 100-plus degree heat out there <laughs> in Texas. And, um, and I got accepted, and I started my training career, and that was back in 2007. And I joined the trainer team and I just, I was so excited and I knew that things were going to shift for me in the fitness industry because being a, a full-time PT manager, that's something that was really difficult. I needed my weekends. So um, I, I slowly stepped down to just being a trainer and then slowly stepped away from that role as I became more involved with Les Mills and um, ended up moving out to the West Coast and working from San Francisco with, um, the likes of Steve Renata, who was a huge mentor for me. Um, Susan Renata was also there um, and several others that I could mention. But And then that, that was the time where the filming process started um, <clears throat> and several programs that are now just taken off. Um, I was on the founding, um, one of the founding trainers for Lesmos Grit, yep. Lesmos CX Works, and Lesmos Sprint. Um, so to be able to be in the groundworks of those things, to look at, you know, the original manuals and walk through, uh, you know, building these programs out was was a huge um, opportunity for, for me. And I, I loved the time that I spent. Um, but I will say, you know, it, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of travel. I felt like my 20s just went by in a flash. Um, uh, you know, traveling the world, doing these events, doing what I love. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure how much more I can... Matt, there there were so many good things in there. Uh, I I love what you said at the end there about the the travel, because I think a lot of people see the the bright lights, especially for you guys um, who've been on a lot of the master classes, like you did a, a number of grits, pumps, and CX. They're my programs, so I've seen you on those ones. I know you've done attack um did you, you did you do sprint filming as well did not get to uh film sprint okay uh, no. that's, that's um, cool i'm just i was uh, in the filming uh at, at the filming but not on stage yeah i mean and pe- people see all that and they, and they think like that must be the best lifestyle in the world traveling to all these places like you're traveling from san francisco to new zealand what you know once a quarter and you you know when the other weekends we're doing modules and like in the UK we moan about if I have to drive to Edinburgh and deliver a workshop I mean that's a it's a two-hour drive for me mm. whereas you guys are maybe literally flying to the other side of the country which can be yeah did you say three time zones three time zones uh, and, and yeah 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 four, uh, in the United States yeah it's four yeah. time zones in the US and, and absolutely you know when I, th- I think when you're doing it in your 20s it's <laughs> It's a whole lot of fun, but once once you get, you know, you want to settle down and you kind of, you want a little bit more of your weekends back. Um, so that's, we're kind of going full circle in the, in the whole conversation here. If you think back to the start of the conversation, when you were saying about what can I do for longevity to continue to serve people, that doesn't involve me giving up every single weekend of my life because that's the commitment we give as trainers. And that's not me sitting here whinging and moaning that's just me being really as real as i can with any people who who aspire to that um i'm, I'm curious when you were a trainer what were the the highlights for you and what were the like the low challenges that you had to put through i would say the highlights i love meeting people um i love meeting uh people from all over the world so for me growing up a small town in georgia and never even imagining being able to meet people from different cultures, let alone in their culture, at you know, in their homes. So for me, that was a huge highlight. Obviously, um, being able to go to these places and um, understand different lifestyles, and you know, be able to bring that back to my friends, closest friends and family, and my son, and now being able to take him to those places because I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was obviously a huge highlight. 
Um, but the second thing I want to say is um, the, the culture that Lesmos has in terms of the leadership perspective. Some of the people that I was able to spend time with, and they truly, they genuinely wanted to share that knowledge and allow me to continue to share that same knowledge. So it's like a, a filtered effect. Um, it's like it's like what we say here is ripples, and you, know, you create those ripples, and it it's in its most profound state when I can be around those people, learn as much as I can. And it doesn't have to be a ton of people, just a couple of close people and be able to take that same knowledge and share it with the next person and that person takes it to the next person. Um, so I will say that for me, that was a huge highlight was being able to, um, to just take that knowledge and use it not just for Les Mills, but for everything that I do um, from a leadership perspective. Um, oh man, how many, gosh, there's so many things. Uh, so many little things that I'm sure that I could go off on tangents about. But, uh, I would say, if I were to put everything in a nutshell, being able to be around people, different cultures. And I will say this, I used to say this in all the trainings that I did in initial module trainings, is Les Mills, you know, I know some people that aren't part of Les Mills, they see it as a cult, quote unquote. Yeah. And to a certain degree, I would arguably say, I don't know if I'd call it a cult, but that's essentially what, what they created because how many other places do you know or other companies that you could just jump online and say, hey, guys, I'm going to be in Bangladesh tomorrow. And someone literally jumps on and says, come do my class. I'm taking your dinner and you've got a place to stay for three days. Love that. Like, what company? Yeah. They're not getting paid to do and. That's the culture that they created, and I think it's it's absolutely amazing. And then there are obviously other other companies I think model themselves after what what they're being able to do. Um, so yeah, that's that's my little tidbit. Great. I love that. Love that. So you, you obviously you still teach classes <laughs> now. People will ask about that. You still teach now? I do teach. Um, I'm currently transitioning because, and I'm sure people have asked. Uh, I am moving back to Atlanta. Um, I haven't lived there since my early 20s. Um, yeah, so I'll definitely be there for a, a few years. Um, so because of that transition, it's kind of held me back from taking on any full-time on a schedule because if I do that, it locks me down and constantly subbing classes out. Um, but yes, I still do teach um, most regularly body pump, body attack. Um, in the Orlando area, it struggles with grit and sprint. Um, but I'm excited to get to Atlanta because I've already reached out to the gyms and communities there and I've got myself lined up to, to start teaching more regularly again. Um, and of course, obviously focusing on the studio that's there as well and what we do. So. Okay. That's good. Well, I have, uh, before going to some Instagram questions that we've got sent through, Okay. Um, there's a couple of good ones. In fact, some of them are actually tagging on to what my next question is. Um, so we'll just use this question, which is from Heather, and it says, "What nutrition protocols do you follow?" Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Protocol. That's, that's you know, quite serious. <laughs> I, <laughs> I always find it funny because I've done it all. I'll, I'll be honest. I've been in this industry so long. I started lifting weights at the age of 13. I'm 35 now. Do the math. And, uh, you know, that all automatically starts to make changes. I was the guy sitting in high school. Do you remember metrics, the metric shakes? Yes. It was yes, like, yeah. the, like the first, like, pre-made, uh -huh. meal-ready protein card that you could just pack <laughs> into a water bottle. And I was that guy sitting at the table with all my friends eating lunch food, and I'm drinking a metric shake. Mm -hmm. So I've gone from everything from follow what's in the industry, what's on the men's health and fitness magazines to – Bodybuilding, which I think is the absolute worst, worst nutritional protocol that you can put yourself through, especially competition time. Um, but I did that for years. And then I've been through, I've trialed every diet that you can imagine. Keto, paleo, I went vegan for 90 days, full on vegan. Eduardo Kill, if you're on the line or hear me, it's because of you. I read the 80-10-10 and I went through the full thing and I absolutely hated it. But <laughs> if there was ever anything that I wanted to share through my programming or through my research, I needed to 
personally experience it um, or at least understand the data. And because all this is so fresh and new for us over the last 10 years, we don't really have a lot of data. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just going to preface that my answer for you. Uh, who was that person asking the question? Uh, Heather. Heather. So Heather, <clears throat> I do not follow any specific nutritional protocol. I do drink alcohol. I eat sweets when I, when I crave them. I love ice cream. Um, but uh, I don't follow any specific protocol. I will say because I trialed intermittent fasting for about 18 months, maybe even closer to two years, because it does take time for your energy systems, for your for everything to truly shift if you start. I won't get too scientific, but that actually shifted the way that my body digested food in the time of days when I, when I was hungry. So a lot of days I wake up and I'm not hungry at all. And I won't eat until midday because I don't like to train on a full stomach either. So I typically have my first meal uh, midday and then I'll have another large meal in the evening and I'll have some snacks in between. On days that I know I'm going to have a bit of alcohol or maybe have a big bang bang at night, I'll, uh, I'll just back off on my calories that day and, and enjoy more of the liquid calories. Um, but I'll get in. The number one source is protein. Mm -hmm. That's the number one source. I, I focus on that first. I hit my target for that based on my, my current weight. And if I want to keep my maintain my weight, which I'm happy with. So I focus on that. And then anything else that comes in after that is totally up to me. If it's going to be extra fats that day, extra carbohydrates, um, that's there's no specific protocol. I, I feel like if I put myself on a diet with where I am right now, my, my training and um, the way that I feel with my body, it's going, it's going to restrict me. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a whole other conversation, Ricky. Yeah. I could, I could get into the whole what, what that's all done to me. Um, I actually developed some food allergies because of the restrictions I put myself under. Um, and I can share those stories, but that would take hours. Um, where I was hospitalized twice. Um, gut bacterial issues, okay. all of these problems that I put myself through over the years of restricting myself. And I'd love that. That's one of the things I look forward to sharing when I start my own podcast. Yeah. Um, is uh, those things that I actually have personally went through um, and, and dealt with from not just food allergies, but actual having issues with food. Mm. Um, yeah. So. Heather, uh, don't box yourself in. If you need to be on a diet, I don't think people need to be scared of the word diet. I don't like this whole screw dieting. You know, if you're overweight uh, or considered, you know, that you do need to lose some body fat, I think diets, anyone that eats is on a diet. You're dieting for whatever you need. Um, so maybe there are certain ones that you want to choose that work best for your energy systems or your performance or whatever you're doing. But yeah, yeah, don't box yourself. I in. like that. I like what you said about intermittent fasting as well. You know, I'm, I'm I like intermittent fasting because I don't I like to train in the morning, but I don't like to train on a full mm -hmm. stomach. However, the last six months since I've upped my volume with all the swimming and I swim earlier in the morning, I have to eat beforehand. So mm -hmm. my intermittent fasting is kind of I'll have breakfast before I swim, I'll have something after a swim, and then I'll maybe eight four or five in the afternoon so my intermittent fasting is kind of like i've almost two six hour windows instead of one 16 hour <laughs> window <laughs> um and the second one is from duncan it's 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 kind of similar um what are your go-to quote unquote healthy duncan has quoted this not me what are your go-to quote unquote healthy foods for snacking Oh, okay. Uh, Duncan, thanks for the question. If I'm on the go, protein bars, and I usually try to go with the ones that are um, sweetened with all natural sweeteners, gluten-free if possible, just because I did develop intolerances through eating, which I've slowly been able to go back to not worrying about that. But um, I would, so definitely a protein bar because it's easily accessible or powders that you can just toss in. Um, Starbucks, thank God for Starbucks because they have the egg bites, which I love. Um, so if I'm on the go and, and those are available, um, back when I used to be a trainer <laughs> and I was always worried about Reebok calling me to rip my shirt off and do a photo shoot the next week. 
Um, I would be the guy with the containers on the plane. I was yes. that guy. That I remember up. seeing that. <laughs> Everywhere I went, Andy uh, is a good buddy of mine. It lives close to me in Florida, actually. Um, and uh, he's a trainer in the U.S. And uh, he's, I know that he stays pretty strict with, with those things. But it's all in what you do. You put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm going to be the billboard. So you've got to oil the machine. and You've got to take care of that temple. Um, but I'll, I would be the guy with the, with the boxes on the plane. So I don't know if I'd go that extreme. Uh, but I would say fruits. Don't be scared of fruit. Fruit is good for you. Eat your berries. Eat your strawberries, your blueberries, your raspberries. Have a red apple, whatever whatever you like. Um, those are great snacks. Um Egg bites or homemade egg bites if you can do them. Protein bars, protein shakes. Uh, yeah, there's, there's. I feel like in today's world, in 2019, we have so much more access to quote unquote healthy foods than mm-hmm. we did when you and I were, you know, growing up. Uh, but you know, so that I don't feel like it's an issue to, to find things that are high protein and, and produce that you can just enjoy. I've recently just introduced a lot more fruit into my diet and it's been a conscious decision mm-hmm. and I feel so much better for it. And when I say a lot more fruit, I'm maybe having, you know, an, an apple or, a, you know, two or three, you know, berries per day because it just, I simply wasn't doing it. And like from a, from a feel, from a performance point of view, I know I'm performing better when I'm training and it's just yeah. people, people get stuck down in what are healthy foods and what aren't healthy foods all foods are healthy if you take it in the right environment the right moderation the right calorific balance um and fruit has been demonized for so long that i've probably been guilty of it myself in the time um but yeah, oh, yeah. I, I think oh, I, was, I was as well yeah snacking on fruit is like that, that that's that's the easy thing to do to control the diet and feel good snack on fruit like it's it's simple the macronutrient breakdown for a handful of berries or a bowl full of berries is no different than if you were to look at a bowl full of, of heavy green leafy vegetables. The fiber content and the macronutrient breakdown is literally close to the same. So mm-hmm. if you enjoy fruit, have it. Um, I will end that conversation on that question around nuts because I used to you know, eat more nuts back when I was teaching you know, 10, 12, 15 classes in a week, which was absolutely ridiculous that's just not sustainable long term but um and i could manage those additional calories it was an easy on snack on the go but now that i focus more on daily movement um you know i walk a lot more now which i really love my body loves me for it um i i don't keep those things around because if you grab a handful of nuts it could be 80 calories it could be 250 calories based Mm -hmm. on the size that you grab and so that's you know at the end of the day, calories are calories, and um, that's why I don't normally recommend those for my clients. Um, simply because if they're most people looking for a diet um, are trying to reduce calories and body fat, so um, I would say try not to go that direction unless you can force yourself to pack six almonds into a Ziploc bag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Well, listen, mate. I, I love this. I'm just. I'm very, very conscious of time. Don't want to eat into your day too much. Um. So we'll just have a couple of finisher questions, which I always hit people with. Okay. Um. What What would you tell your 20 year old self? My 20. I know that's funny. I got this question the other day on social media. Um. I would tell myself not to worry so much about what other people think. Um. Not just think of me, but the advice that they may give me to do something and not worry so much about those things. Um, And another thing I would tell myself is, oh man. Yeah. I think that, that that's probably one of the big ones is just, just to go for it. I was fortunate that I had some mentors that told me at that age in my life, you know, if there's an opportunity, raise your hand if it feels right. If you've got any gut instinct that doesn't feel right, go the opposite direction. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Kendall Kimball told me that, actually. She said, if there's ever a, an opportunity that, that arises and it feels right, raise your hand. Um, and, you know, don't, and, you know, it's one of the old sayings, ask for forgiveness. 
you know, just just go for it now and ask for forgiveness later. But <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I would just say I wouldn't worry so much about what everyone else thought of of me at those times. At that at that age in my life, you know, I wouldn't live for the, the materialistic things that I used to. So, so many people say that, and so many people will and do relate to that as well. Uh, the next one it's kind of what's next for jeremiah you said you're moving up did you say north the atlanta i, I don't know my US yes. geography. yeah atlanta is about an hour flight from orlando mm-hmm. um a six to seven hour drive so i'll be moving north to atlanta georgia and i'm getting married in uh june 1st 2020 so <laughs> love it love it um, laura brown and i will be off to Scotland and get yeah. married on, on on that date. So you said the first of June. First of June, twenty twenty. First of June. I'm just checking what date that falls on. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. Because on the fourth of so I'm in the wrong month. Yeah, on the fourth of June. So that's uh. Did you say a Monday there? It is. Yeah, I'm Monday. sure this is this is brilliant podcast listening material. So yours is a Monday. On the fourth, I'm scheduled to be doing the channel, which is Northern Ireland to Scotland swim. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was just saying uh, how much those dates clash to, to make sure. Because every time we've been in the same country and we've never been able to yeah. kind of hook up and have that beer. We were. I was hoping that you could be available. So yeah, maybe we can maybe we can work that out. I'll I'll be available for that definitely. Okay. Definitely. Uh, Good. Um, and always finish with this question, and this is more for me than anyone else. What app do you have on your phone that isn't social media? Could you not live without? Not live without on my phone. You know, I saw this question come through, and I thought about it, like which you know which apps I go to all the time. Um, I would say, okay, this is going to be a two-part answer. A, what used to be my fitness tracker, um, which was either Whoop, which was a, a watch that I was holding, or my Apple Watch app. And recently, I actually decided to go rogue because I was obsessing over sleep protocols and calories and steps and all these things and not really finding out how I felt internally how my body felt based on what i was doing because i was tracking it on data um yeah. so i recently went rogue so i would say more recently it's going to sound really funny um i love shows um i love netflix and i love amazon and uh, just in my downtime I've, I've got some time to chip you know relax netflix and chill there's an app that we've got on our phone that allows us to watch movies from all over the world um you know whether it's a show it's a movie um and i'll say that's one of them and then the other app would probably be oh geez it's probably gonna this is gonna sound really really goofy um but it's my notes app Um, yes yeah because i use that every day in the morning and in the afternoon, or if I have a thought, um, I go into that notes app and I will type it out. And I've got hundreds. I could just scroll and I don't delete any of them. Just thoughts. If I have a thought, if I see something that reminds me of something, I'll pop up in the notes app and, and type a quick message in there. And that could be everything from exercise demos to new new templates to whatever um or inspirational uh content and i'll typically go in there and talk about what i'm going to post and then copy and share it over to instagram yeah i'm, I'm the exact same and i tell everyone as especially for what you said there when you're posting something on instagram don't create the caption in instagram create it in your notes first and then copy paste it and do what you want in instagram because then when you have it in your notes you have it forever and you can repurpose that for posts later on. If you want to deliver something to a client, you can repurpose that. Um, yep. So yeah, the, the note section phone. I'm sitting, because this is where I've written my questions down for you today. So I've, I've split <laughs> screen here. So I've got you on one side of my computer. I've got all my questions on the other one. And you know, similarly, I could scroll back years 
of just random Ricky Long thoughts. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Man, I, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you have been running away from hurricanes at the same time as trying to run your business, the same time as trying to do your own training. So it is much appreciated. Where can people find you on Instagram? What's the best place? Instagram at my name, at Jeremiah Evans. And don't search for it like Starbucks spells my name. (laughs) (laughs) It's J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H, Evans, E-V-A-N-S. Or you can go to jeremiahevansfitness.com. That's really a portal to access me. Um, right now, that website is being redesigned. I've got my uh, my web designer that's doing all that. Also, who's helping me to set up my new my first podcast. Um, and Facebook, same Jeremiah Evans. And you can contact me by email at teamevansfit at gmail.com. Love it. I will put all of that on the show notes. Uh, thank you very much, buddy. And I will uh, I'll catch you on the other side here. All right, Ricky, thanks for the podcast. Oh, yes, just love that so much. Hope you really, really enjoyed that. If you're a fitness professional, listen to that. Hope you got a lot of value about that, especially all the stuff around teaching classes and how you have to look at the, the longevity of your career um, and the, the journey that Jeremiah's been on. I shared just a, a little bit of mine as well. You've probably heard mine before, um, so hope you got a lot of that. Um, any feedback give us a shout please do go and follow jeremiah and if you are interested in doing any of the work with jeremiah especially if you live in the states or do please just drop him a message and we'll start building some connections regular long podcast sponsored by podium for sport northern Ireland sports retailer of the year 2018 you are listening to the ricky long podcast where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.